Steve, welcome to the Stuff Summer Says podcast with Steve, where I chew on pieces of fish um, as I eat my my lunch here or dinner here. Are you that's excited? a long title for that's a long title for a podcast. It's very good. I love fish tacos. My wife can cook. Also got some sweet potato fries here. So wow! So it's also the suck up to Anna episode. Nah, nah, so nah, look nah. at you, nice, nice. Smart. Yeah, real. Anyways. Hey Steve, how are you? Uh, this well. is the uh, this is the stuff Summer says podcast with Steve. With Steve, um, Steve, we have got a my favorite word, myriad of things to discuss. Uh, I don't know if that's technically the right word, uh, but we've got some blue white stuff. Not really that much blue white stuff I want to discuss, uh, but there's one question that I want to discuss that we, we need to discuss. Penn State has a new athletic director, and I'm excited about that. You're excited about that, I think, maybe. You also had sent me an email, and I, we're going to peek into the calendar a little bit, I think, on this one. And it is the the looking at Black Friday this year, because you are intrigued, excited, interested, maybe confused by it. And then old guy, young guy. Are you ready? I'm ready. Steve, how was your blue-white weekend? Did you go into the game? I did not go into the game, but the, my weekend was wonderful. We had great weather. We had a good tailgate. Day. It was it was a good time to be to to live in live in the benefits of, of a big football town with lots of people there. You know the game and all that and the activity. We saw people we hadn't seen in a while, so it was great. And I, I think I'd have had a good time if I'd have gone into. You went in though, obviously. Uh, uh, well, so I went in. I saw your good friend Russ. He just hap- legitimately just happened to sit right in front of me. Smallest town in America, baby. Um, but the highlight for me was the the boardwalk. Let me tell you what it was. Okay, like, look, I, I knew that it it was not going to be anything spectacular, but the way they hyped it up, it was like they were taking the entire Ocean City boardwalk, the entire Myrtle Beach. Uh, boardwalk on the bay or whatever it's called and then maybe the maybe disney california adventure and bringing it all to state college and let me tell you what we got like i have seen county fairs have significantly better rides than the rides that were there the ferris wheel i probably could have jumped and touched the top of or really anyone could have um i'm so mean did you did you did you really expect it to be I don't know. I expected more because we drove by the night before and saw the Ferris wheel set up. And I thought, Oh God, this is what they're selling people. Okay. But I, when they, they did it five years ago or however many years ago, it was like a decent thing. Like there was a, a couple decent rides. That's fair. And I, and I think they probably realized that there's no money in it, right? Like there's no money in paying somebody to come do that. Cause the number of kids that are going to ride it and the return on investment, you know, we had, we did have this discussion at home afterward with Russ and maybe the tailgate in general is like, you know, it's free admission. You got to pay for parking. Like how much, and to be clear before I start defending the athletic department, Oh God, here he goes. I never want to defend the athletic department. 
but like how much you know they're giving a lot away well they're not giving autographs away anymore so that's you know People so that's fired up about that and they they are right to be so um i don't know i, I just think it's a losing money thing for them right like they charge well they don't pay for parking probably they're still probably not paying the college of agriculture to pay in the fields like they should be and taking the money but like there's no real money to be made for it on them so i guess there's I think somebody's doing the math on what the, the amount of goodwill should be worth. And that's why you got the land of the little people Ferris wheel, you know? <laughs> yeah, I know. If we can get a spit take today, that'd be great. All right. Well, there's that. I just want to discuss that real quickly. I'm glad you, you, I don't have anything else to say. It was just, I just want to get your take on it because I knew you were fired up. Yes. All right. Walk stunk. Moving on. Into I went into the game. Um, I don't know. Look, I know that it's spring practice and it's James Franklin and he wants to do whatever he wants with his team. But for the love of God, just play a normal football game. It was we left, we left after the second segment or whatever it was called, which they weren't even having quarters. Half of them counted, half of it didn't count. I don't even care. Like, I, I don't mind the weird, goofy scoring because I think that's fun, but I don't know. It was awful. Like, I, it was just like, this is the, again, it's a free thing. I shouldn't complain. I parked for free and everything else. But it was just, well, it was bad. My, my concern, my concern as a fan is if it's spring practice and you don't have enough offensive linemen healthy to run spring practice. That just seems like a red flag for a program that hasn't had enough quality offensive linemen and their performance for the past decade. So if you can't make it work during spring practice or hide hide their problem somehow to at least pretend there's some sort of game piece of it for some small portion, that's it. I mean, and they could do whatever skills competitions or games, whatever they want. But then when you say we had done more, but the offensive line wasn't in a position to allow us to do that this spring, that to me is a bigger concern than just about anything else could be because we've seen this show with the line not being good the past few years and it doesn't turn out well and look covid's still a thing so but i don't know i don't know if they're testing the same way um i know they aren't testing the same way that they used to um so that could have been a factor and injuries do happen but i don't know i just think um i'm pretty much in agreement with you that that was weird and that was problematic. Would you buy a, a skills contest? Would you buy a yeah a a a, a, a P day a, a PSU want, day whatever whatever I want, you know what I want I want like a mini combine like mm-hmm. I want like a mini combine I want to know who's the fastest player on the team I want to know who can throw which of those four quarterbacks can throw the football the farthest I want to see like uh some like like a lineman. And a linebacker and and somebody like an off defensive lineman do a punt pass and kick competition. Like have some fun with it. Like this is their last practice of the year. I'm sure you played little league. I played hockey growing up, and that was always the best practice of the year. Was was the fun practice where you got to kind of screw around and goof off. I understand, you know. That was didn't they do league. teams? Didn't they do teams for lift for life? Was yeah. that a structure of lift for life? So you could do like teams for this, right? You could th- throw together four captains, right? And have blue, white, pink, and black teams, right? And let them go at it to score points. And and the, the seven on seven part of it was fun. 
Like right. I would have, I would have watched it, but it was too regulated. Right. Um, so there's that. I just that was also another thought. Um, then you I could tried. put the you could put the blue, white, pink, and black in certain sections of the stadium, and they could be playing for their section too. Or yeah, and then you can do look every fan, and that gets a free right. Whatever. If your team wins, exactly. Yep. Look at us. Look at us. Football marketing ideas. Hope You're welcome, marketing Penn people. Penn State marketing. Um, I did go in to see Drill R. I wasn't impressed but i didn't expect to be impressed it's just curious just to see what he looks like see that he's a real human being that has (laughs) that plays for penn state football now um other than that nothing else really stood out to me or was it that interesting of of what i watched we left like i said pretty early on because it was time to just go back to the tailgate and hang out um so yeah other than that it was a very good uh, the weather was great and, and as you said yeah I enjoyed Blue White Weekend. Great. Here is my, what I want to know, though. This is related to the draft, which we probably will talk about the draft. Um, I I have been really pondering this question. I have texted this to multiple people, including you, Steve. And Penn State football posted this right before the draft. If every single Penn State football player in history was available for the draft, who would you pick as the number one overall pick? And I think this is one of the greatest questions that have ever been asked uh, in Penn State social media history. I think that there's a thousand different ways you could answer this. I spent a stupid amount of time pondering this question <laughs> before the draft because I, it was it was such a good question. I'm gonna I'm gonna read your answer if that's okay. Um, you said, "Hmm, Ham probably right." Hall of Famer. So that question of who would you take is also intersecting. Collins went to a Super Bowl and teams need QBs. I'm not sure I believe that logic, just sharing. I can't tell you the number of people that I texted and got Kerry Collins is their number one pick. I was shocked by that. I Nobody was really a, shocked by that. He's a, if, every, if every Penn State player is available and you're starting a team, I mean, it's how you read the question too, but it you need a quarterback. And, and I think probably the other person I thought of and just is someone on an edge, you know, what about, you know, Courtney Brown or what about some, who's the guy who's with the dolphins that changed his name, played in Canada and then came South and changed Cameron his Maybin. name. Cameron you know, Maybin. Cameron. Um, yeah. Cameron Wade, Right. Or, like, yeah. Like, well, something like an edge player. Right. I mean, in today's NFL, right. It would be an edge player mm-hmm. or a, or the quarterback, maybe over the linebacker, honestly, even though the linebacker that was just drafted last year from Penn State was the rookie of the year and, and, and changed games and did stuff. I, I don't think there's a wrong answer in the bunch, but I think there's a lot of logical answers that, that kind of make sense, which to what happens to teams in the regular draft, unless they're the Patriots and just making stuff up to prove they're smarter than you, like it, people can take different approaches and maybe still work. My first gut reaction on it was, well, I'm just going to pick the best Penn State football player in NFL history of all time. And, and to me, that's probably Jack Ham, considering the body of work. And then I thought about it more and I kind of changed the way that I approached the question. Who at the time that they were eligible for the draft had the most potential? Saquon certainly comes to mind. I think Franco, from what I know of Franco, probably was up there. The defensive guys, like I, I'm always going to, if, you're going to like, I'm always going to draft an offensive guy first before a defensive guy, just because I'm an offense first type organization. 
Um, so I think, I think like maybe, maybe Micah, cause he's probably the most freakish athlete. Saquon's still more freakish athlete. The only quarterback that I think I would even have a conversation with is Kerry Collins, but like, I'm going to get some heat for this because my mom loves Kerry Collins, but like he kind of sort of was a- average. Oh yeah. Well, no, like, I'm not saying he was a great pro. Serviceable. Like, right. I'm not saying he's a great pro, but he went, he, t- he took a team to the Super Bowl, Right. So that's, that's where I was going. I mean, he was certainly better than Tony Saka who didn't know what size the ball was going to be in the next league and couldn't figure out how to throw it. So that's, you know, that was a challenge for him. Um, you know, Kajana Carter, Right. I remember I remember Walt Harris from Pitt telling me that Kajana Carter getting hurt was what cost him his job as a Jets assistant. Like he was the top pick and he got hurt and that just blew up their offense. And he's like, yeah, that guy doesn't get hurt. Maybe I'm still doing something different besides, you know, this part of my career. Um, And I think Penn State probably has more defensive options. You know, I mean, I think Cam makes sense. Um, And I guess I would probably just be in the mindset of, of the current NFL if I'm thinking about any player, anytime from Penn State, great. But in the current NFL, where do I need them? And I'm thinking defensive impact players and maybe a quarterback, right? So that's how I would get logically to Collins because somebody's going to find a running back somewhere along the line. It's the same argument that they had for Saquon when he's drafted. You know, if you take the if the Giants take him there, how does it change who they are, what they are? Now he's gotten hurt, but it it, it hasn't, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it, you know, so mm-hmm. yeah, no, it's a fun question. Yeah, I don't know. I, I was just really pondering that. I heard a couple of people said Kurt Warner, um, yeah, yeah. which I thought was interesting because I feel like you don't really, at least my generation doesn't really hear about him. You, well, Lenny live. Moore, right? I mean, if you're thinking, if you're mm-hmm. thinking running back, that's a good point. You Lenny know, Moore would be, probably, and there's probably some people in, in the late '70s, early '80s who would tell you Chuck Fusina if you're going to take a quarterback. Yeah, and they I might was, not be wrong. I think that was the funny part about that question is it, it really exposes how not good Penn state's quarterbacks have been. <laughs> like if Kerry Collins is the first quarterback that comes to mind, that's what you, but then I thought about it a little bit longer. Like Joe's style was okay. We're going to run the ball two times and then on third down, we're going to pass it. And then if we don't get the first down, we're going to punt it. So, you know, I don't know. It's not oh, Penn staters love the, the, love the, the Blackledge era, they passed for more yards than they ran and won the national championship this year, that year, and they were the first team to do so. But quarterback development is not something the Penn State program has traditionally done well. You know, it just it just hasn't. Um, and, it, and it's, you know, even to, even to Christian Hackenberg's discredit mm-hmm. or, or inability. And, and honestly, it could come up next year, right? If, if Will Levis, looking at early draft models, yeah. is yeah. going gonna to be a high pet draft pick if he stays healthy out of Kentucky, and depending on how quarterback play goes here next year, like mm-hmm. people, people will people will notice that and point it out. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I've seen him on Heisman lists. I've seen him on top ten draft lists. Um, so that's an interesting conversation that I'm sure we'll have. Um, speaking of the draft, did you watch the draft? I did. I, I like the draft. I mean, I didn't watch it. I forgot how boring the draft was. I, it is, and I didn't watch every. And I forgot how personality dependent it is i watched mm-hmm. the first mm-hmm. night on the nfl network and i i know daniel jeremiah is respected and and that's who he does his stuff for but there was just no juice there 
with that group for me, with Daniel Jeremiah and Coach Shaw from, from Stanford, I kept thinking, why isn't this guy working on his team? They struggled last year. Like, why has he taken four days off to do this? Um, and then I watched it on ESPN the second night, and I still think it's Greeny's fault that Mike and Mike broke up, but he was at least better. Um, and it felt like they were doing some stuff, and Mel Kuyper is the draft. So, and that was better than the ABC crew. I, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy the game day crew minus Herb Street and with Todd McShay as much as I enjoyed the ESPN crew. It's still monotonous, but it's still, it's good background noise. Yeah. I don't know. I, I didn't watch, um, I didn't watch the ABC crew. I for, kind of sort of forgot about that one. I don't know why. Maybe it's because Kirk, Kirk was not there. Um, I tell you what, Booger still bothers me. Like Booger, I, I don't know if there's a good role for him. Like, he did okay. Lewis Riddick, I, I could l- sit and listen to Lewis Riddick could have a 12 hour long podcast about football. And I would sit and listen to every right. single second of it. Cause I just find his takes very fascinating. Um, Kuiper was Kuiper. Um, I did, we turned on the, um, the NFL network very briefly, but I don't know. I just forgot how boring the draft was. It was not very into it. Even the first round was kind of meh. And there were some questions on who the Steelers were going to take, who, where certain Penn Staters were going to go. So those were, that was a little bit more intriguing, but. I, 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 I found myself thinking how, that it would be really bad in person. Like, and I guess so, I haven't. Yes. I kept thinking about this too. Go yeah. Ahead. Like it's just, they're filling stuff. The band's playing in between. They trot people out to be honored. They bring the military people out to check that box and show we love the military. They do. Like, I just felt like it would just feel so forced and whatever that I, I don't know that the draft itself could be enjoyable. The city that it's in might be fun for the couple of days it's there and more vibrant. But I, I thought, boy, am I glad I'm not at this thing in person because it, this would be even worse than it is on TV because you can't change the channel. <laughs> I mean, you're stuck with it. <laughs> that was my exact thought. The other thing that I thought was like, when that guy from the University of Tennessee at Chattanooga got drafted, like I consider myself decently knowledgeable on football, but like who the hell is that? Like it would be like, like, in, do they show me highlights? Do they explain why this guy, like, and I don't think they do. I think they just kind of sort of say, this guy got drafted and here's this famous person and they're going to announce this pick. That's about it. Yeah, it just feels so. You know, you have people in the second round who are making the picks for them so you can get some celebrities into it and mix it up. And, you know, you can see who their partnerships are and, and who they're trying to, like, have relationships with. And I don't know. I would just think, oh, OK, well, they're, they're forcing this down my throat. And I get it. Like, it's all it's all a show. I just think it would be a tough show in person. You know, they talk about games lasting three and a half hours and being long. You know, the draft is longer than that. And it's, it's just there's even less action. So, yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, it was almost 10 o'clock by the time the Steelers picked and that was pick 20. So you're not even a third of the way through. Um, The other thing that I thought that was interesting on being there was I didn't realize that that's where they were putting the draft. And I kind of sort of felt like that was kind of stupid. Like there are better spots in Vegas that they could have put that, I guess. I mean, Vegas is a tight city in terms of real estate because everything's getting bought up, but like, since I was just there, that is like off the strip. Like that is like, like you, you, like it's the next block down basically off the strip. But when you, the second you step out off that, the strip of the, the areas where the hotels are, there is nothing in Vegas. Like it is, I, it's completely desolate out that way. Yeah. It just, it looked like they 
found a lot next to an auto repair store, which I know that's what it wasn't, but it just, it just, hundred percent. you know, a little piece of the desert that was off the strip and it just, it, it didn't feel, you know, I don't know. It felt, it just felt weird. It felt, I mean, everything like the NFL, like that sometimes feels forced and we're putting on a show and it's like, you're, you come around and there's the, there's the stage, right? It's like anything else. Here's where the show is. And the rest of it is kind of behind the curtain and the wizards control and stuff or the fake front from the, from the Western town, from the movie, the, you're, you're behind it. It just, yeah. Um, you want to talk about Kenny Pickett real quick? You want to discuss? Steelers right drafted Kenny Pickett that's as a quarterback. That's all you guys say. Um, I haven't seen Kenny enough. I really haven't watched a lot of pit football. As a Steelers fan, I don't know. I appreciate. I guess right. It's a year year in training, and Trubisky's gonna. I, I, I. My first thought, my first thought, and my hopeful, most hopeful thought is good. Mason Rudolph's gone. Like that's. <laughs> Steve really hates Mason Rudolph. Uh, he he does. He, I, I'm, he I'm still not sure. Mason Rudolph I'm still not sure that it's not Mason Rudolph's fault in part with Miles Garrett. I'm still not sure. There I don't believe is. he said something. Steve like, you know, said it. There it is. I don't. I'm sorry. He just. I don't know. No, I hope. I hope Kenny Pickett makes a difference. I just. It felt like there were other needs. So, but I my, guess the linemen were all gone by that point. You didn't live, or you lived, I didn't live through the Dan Marino draft. Um, I went back and, like, looked at that draft. First off, there are some some great names in that draft, and there are some stinkers in that draft. And I felt like now having the full context of Kenny Pickett going to Pitt and now the Steelers legitimately just felt like this was the airing of the, the sins of not drafting Dan Marino and, and getting that figured out. Maybe, but but Kenny Pickett, I, I saw Dan Marino play. Kenny Pickett never looked like Dan Marino to me. And Dan Marino was more of a slap in the face because he was a Central Catholic kid, a Pittsburgh kid. Like those mm, wounds are I probably deep for lots, of re- for lots of reasons other than the kid, than Kenny Pickett choosing Penn State or choosing Pitt after being in New Jersey for just five years. He's at the Pitt. Um, I, I guess, I mean, I, they got some, they got a receiver or two later that, I mean, I hope I mean, I just, it feels kind of like Penn state. Like if you can't protect the quarterback, it really doesn't matter who's back there. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I was, but I guess most of the first round, obviously the most, what they thought were the first round linemen were gone by the time they got to 20. He's the best person on their board. And, and maybe he's better than Trubisky. Maybe he beats him out. Maybe in a year he's learned enough to, to be the guy and that's great. And that would be wonderful. I, I'd be fine with that. It just feels it felt a little forced, I guess, but I yeah, no, don't 100%. know. That's exactly how I felt about it. All right, that's all I wanted to discuss there. Um, all right, moving on. Um, in addition to all of that happening while we were away, um, Penn State hired a new vice president of intercollegiate athletics, which is just the big fancy term for athletic director, by the name of Patrick Kraft. He comes from Boston College. He's starting July one. Um, he had stops at Temple where he was the AD, I believe he was at Loyola in Chicago. And my favorite thing was he worked for the Chicago rush of the arena football league. I wrote about this this week and I don't know whether I like him. I don't know whether I don't like him. I very always been very neutral on the athletic director position. I don't, I think sometimes they take too much heat and sometimes they don't get enough heat. I think currently with Sandy, it's been, she's not getting enough heat. 
Um, but that being said, I think the biggest thing for me is ever since really the scandal and even a little bit maybe before then, there has been this emphasis on this whole one team. And I have no problem with that, I guess, in terms of marketing. But it's kind of trickled over into like other areas. And I think in, in a lot of ways, it's hurt the football team. And when it, you hurt the football team in an institution like Penn State, it then hurts all of your other programs. And so to me, there were a couple quotes right off the bat from um, him that kind of were like, yeah, I get this. Like, this is a football school where there's always going to be a football school here. And if the more we throw at football, the more we invest in football, the more it's going to help everything else in the long run. So let's put all of our eggs kind of more so in that basket than anything else. And to me, that was pretty drastically different. And I'm wondering if between having a new president and having a football coach, that's got a new 10 year or eight year deal, maybe just maybe that was kind of the emphasis in this search and people actually listened and, James Franklin might actually be throwing around more weight than, than we kind of sort of thought, or now has the permission to throw around more weight, uh, which is a, also another good thing. Yeah. I think James Franklin's not a big guy, so he's always fighting above his weight class and always willing to, to, to fight, to throw around whatever weight he has and more. Um, I, I understand the logic and it's accurate that if football does better and makes more money, I'm no, I don't know that I'm convinced that in this time, I mean, I can probably count, I can, there's probably hundreds of times that coach Paterno said, you know, we have to support the other 28 teams or 29 teams. That's our job. I, Franklin may say that, but I don't think he believes it as much. <laughs> like, yeah. there's a, there, I think it's, no. we need to get more so we can be more. Um, but realistically, if they were good and if they were elite and they made the playoff, it would, it would be a difference maker for the whole athletic program. So you probably got to help them or do what you can to try to get them over that hump and see if it's possible for them to get over that hump. Cause I think once you get over that hump, then it will open up even more doors. And I think it's, it's just kind of getting over that hump is the issue right now. And some of that is more so not necessarily the fact that the students don't have dorms and it's more so uh, what was that play call there or what was that decision there on, on the field? No, yeah. I mean, you're never going to be able to parse those out, right? Because they're going to get more money while those calls are being made. So I, I that they, those things are hand in hand. But yeah, I, I think you need to, you need to, if you're Penn State, you need to get to the playoff or be in more serious contention for it on a regular basis, just for your fan base to believe it. I mean, it's, it's, I, I don't know other fan bases, and I don't know that Penn State's fan base is super tough, but they might be a little harder on the home team than some other places are, mm -hmm. or at least they're equally Certainly as Boston hard as college. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's, that's true too. And I, and the other relationship I don't know here and I, and I haven't read enough to see, like, I don't know if, if Kraft was in the mix for Louisville's new AD from BC when this happened. And then that, how his, that's how his name was so quickly found or associated with. Right. Yeah. Although um, I don't know from Louisville to BC to Louisville would have been an upgrade, but still. No, that's a, Especially you're staying in conference there because that's right. ACC to ACC. Um, here you're going. 
I also don't know if I'd really want Patrick Kraft's job right now. He's got a lot to kind of sort of navigate through. He's got all this name, image, and likeness stuff. He's got the big questions of a new TV deal. Furthermore, he's got a new question of what the hell to do with Beaver Stadium. There's a lot on his plate that I whew, I would uh, pause that. It'd definitely make me think. I don't know if I'm ready to handle that that big of a job. Clearly, he thinks he is, which is good. Um, well, the rights will be without him. Like they're going to make that true. money no matter what. So yeah, that's a given. That's true. And I, I and I and I always the main thing. I'd be interested to see if there's. I think the place where Sandy swung and missed and was aspirational and they couldn't raise the money was for the facilities, right? Like there was this big plan of what they were going to do and they just didn't raise money for it. I think as the, the director of athletics, the money raising is the biggest thing, but it's also got to be more challenging now than ever before because people who might have given you money before might now be giving it to some NIL group and looking for a return in a different way and, and don't have that money to give you or, or given it in a different way. And that's a challenge. I don't know. I, I, I've been thinking about that and I don't, I don't know enough about that, but that was one of the things that I wrote and said that that does need to get figured out because it does seem like, I don't know. Let's, let's be honest. We have, when we had Mike Porman on, he, he brought this up. There's just, there's a lot of money floating around in, in the state of Pennsylvania that's tied to Penn state. Someone's going to want to give up some of that money. Like and maybe we're just not tapping into it the right way. Maybe, and, and maybe it's just the relationships who knows, so maybe that get some of those bridges get gapped. I can, from what I've read about um, Neely is, is that she has been about kind of that aspect of, of academics is let's focus in on the fundraising and not just for academics, but for also for athletics. So who knows? I, I'm, I am optimistic about it. I am not overtly uh excited about it but optimistic i think is the right word and that's fair and i mean i and, and from the president's standpoint the president has one job and that's to raise money that's their primary job you know when spanier was here a decade ago it was needed to raise about a million dollars a day for the university in that position and i'm certainly sure that hasn't gotten less in terms of what the president needs to do and that is that is goal number one and with all athletics has on their plate, plus being the first person of color, the first female, the first whatever else at Penn State in this role, I'm sure she'll have lots of fires she can decide to fight or things she wants to build up, whichever analogy right. works for you. Um, one thing that I did think that was really interesting is the fact that he specifically called out the men's hockey program and the fact that it hasn't been to a Final Four. Um, I don't know. I'm just surprised that uh, don't get me wrong i like guy and i don't think he should be fired by any means but i'm surprised there hasn't been more pressure there and it's nice to see somebody that's going to try to help figure that out because if there's a school that knows anything about college hockey it's boston college um just with the players that they've produced and of course having jerry york there for what has been like fifty thousand years even though he just retired um so i thought that was interesting to me well, and Kai Gadowski was on the oversight committee or whatever mm -hmm. it was. I don't know it was the selection committee. I think that was already made. They were probably like the rubber stamp committee, but it's still, he was the coach that was on it. So that probably can't hurt for that relationship either. Right. No, that's good. All right. That's all I got to say for now. Until something inevitably, go inevitably goes wrong and I start getting angry. At, uh, well, at that's a positive outlook. Holy cow. Hey, that's a more of a you outlook. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I can't believe it's coming out of, you know. Um, bad influence.
Yeah, you're a, you are a bad influence. All right, moving on. Uh, Steve, you shot me an email about this a couple couple days back, weeks back, um, and I can't. Oh, here it is. Uh, you are really, really looking forward to Black Friday this year, aren't you, Steve? I know you are. You're excited. Sure, let's say that. I don't okay. even remember what I wrote. I, this is the scary part. You're always reading texts and emails. Uh, Who knows fine. what I sent? You're fine. I always, I always put the filter on. Um, <laughs> like you send me bad text messages or emails. You basically brought up that the NFL is looking to consider, um putting a, a game on black Friday this year. I think today, as we speak, the thing that I just saw is that they are not going to do that anymore. And I think we're going to talk about the reason. Well, one of the reasons why this time around, but my question to you is why did this catch your eye? And do you think that the NFL needs to be on black Friday? Oh no, they don't need to be but they can be, and they will make money by, by being so right. Like if it, it ends up being the Amazon, one of the Amazon prime exclusive games, as, as Peter King pointed out, when he's talking about it, maybe happening next year, like nobody's better for that than Amazon, right? You're black Friday shopping online. The games there, at wow. least they're going to tease you to it or make it available to you. There's going to be specials during the game. Like it's just, no, they don't need to be, they don't need, <laughs> they don't even need to be off Sundays at one and four and they'd still make a boatload of money. Right. So no, but they're the best marketing organization in the world that way. And, and I, there's not a, there's not a college football game on that Friday that I care to see. Like, I know there's some traditional games that I should probably care about, but if Penn state's not playing, I don't care. So give me the NFL game. Um, You're not going to tune into Iowa and Nebraska. Playing no, now time? again, if it's Amazon prime exclusive, well, Susan may have prime. I, I'm, I'm probably going to, if the Steelers get tapped for a Thursday night game this year on prime, we're probably going to have to go make friends with somebody. Cause I don't, well, Susan may have it, but we don't, I, I'm not sure about that. So I could listen to Bill Hillgrove and pretend I can know what's going on by, by listening to him a little bit, I guess, for one game a year. <laughs> and I love Bill, but it's just, it's tough sometimes. Uh, let me pull up the black Friday as Marty's shrieking at something, probably a package being opened. He's this new thing um yeah the only the only interesting game to me really other than the iowa nebraska game is is usf at ucf or actually i think it's the other way around ucf at usf um other than that there's not a whole lot there college football wise so i I understand why the nfl would want want it but let's talk about why the nfl doesn't want it this year steve how excited are you for the world cup not at all um i mean (laughs) I mean, I would watch it, but I'm again, if I had the choice, right? Like they're thinking it's a USA game at two in the afternoon that day or something like that. Yeah, it would be like a noon o'clock, noon, nooner. I, um, I would have loved to have seen what the ratings would have been if the NFL had played. Like, I mean, I just. Why aren't you excited for the USA football soccer? Season. But it's, it's football season, right? right. Huh? Sorry, I got, play soccer in the warm weather and not when it's NFL season. I, no, I'm sure I'll watch the U.S. team just because you'll be watching and I'll have to be able to have somewhat of a somewhat informed conversation about it. I'm as big a flag waver as somebody else, right? I can I can casually get into a national game for whatever. Um, and, and, and at the same time, you know, while the NFL could do that, right, if that's the reason that they're not doing it, they probably do deserve a little bit of credit for not killing USA men's soccer team in ratings and whatever else in that day because it would probably not be close. I think that's why they, I think, I actually disagree. I think more, I think 
a lot of people. No, nobody has anything else to do that day. And also, they would put up the Maybe. Black Friday game probably at night too. I forget when King's thing was like it was like afternoon windows. It was something wrong with the night thing too? I forget. So doesn't matter. I mean it. And maybe it would be, maybe, maybe this, that's the old guy, young guy, right? I'm here. I mean, I know we're going to do something else, but maybe that's the old guy and me saying, ah, football, right? Big skin, better than soccer, right? And, and if they'd have done both, done both that day, we'd have found out that everybody who didn't have anything to do on Black Friday were more soccer fans than football fans, maybe. Who knows? Yeah. I, and especially with it on Amazon Prime. Like if it would have been an Amazon Prime game on Black Friday, then yeah, maybe the soccer draws a better audience on Fox or whoever has it. I don't know. I'm interested to see how that whole Amazon Prime thing works out. Because, like, it's not like it's 2012 anymore. Like, we've all gotten accustomed to streaming stuff. And you can get the numbers better, right? That is, you don't have to worry true. about whatever else. You, you'll know who's, how many people were streaming it. So True. That's true. Yeah, and I mean, obviously, Amazon or the NFL would not be doing this if they didn't think people would, would be watching. Right. And they would be paying the announcers what they're paying them if they didn't think so. people were going to be watching. All right. Um, moving on. Old Guy, Young Guy this week is brought to you by you, Steve. Your question was, what is the oldest piece of clothing that you regularly wear? And I was trying to think about this. I don't know. I've got I've got a couple t-shirts probably from, from high school. Actually, this is embarrassing. The only black suit that I own is from junior year of high school so, so what year is that so that's 2010 okay so that's okay. 12 years ago at this point okay well when uh, i asked it and then you said you said okay i'm like oh shit i gotta figure out what, what i have um i have some t-shirts from 2011 2010 and 2011 that say they're from the united way and state college they say live united and then they have the chipmunk for penn state with them together and it was rare that those two brands were allowed to be together. And then post Sandusky, I loved wearing that shirt because it was kind of like, let's get our shit together and be together and not fight mm-hmm. with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think the oldest thing I have is what I have on now. It's a sweatshirt from Awful Arthur's on the Outer Banks that I think we got with the kids in 1999 or 2000. We went to wait for Awful Arthur's at the seafood restaurant and it was cold. And so we went in and I'm really confused about this. The more I say it, we went in and we bought three sweatshirts at their, at their place, their, their gift shop and they're heavy and they're thick and they're great. But now it's like fraying at the cuffs and all that stuff. This is the only one that's left. But as I thought about it, I'm not sure why the four of us bought three sweatshirts. So I think poor Danny must've gotten screwed on the deal again or something. Like, I don't know who didn't have a sweatshirt as we were waiting in the cold, or maybe the kids were big enough that we wrapped someone by Danny, a Arthur, an awful Arthur's. Yeah. No kidding. Like I, you know, so, and we've gone back down there before and they don't have the same heavyweight sweatshirt. Like these are, you know, you can get sweatshirts and then you get the sweatshirt, you put them on and you're like mm-hmm. a pound and a half heavier. Yeah. This is one of those. Okay. So, so that's why you haven't bought a new one. Yeah. It's got character. It's got character. I don't buy a lot of new stuff. People know where the, no, unfortunately, Susan, the girls and probably our friends know where the stains are in the shirts they've seen before. Oh yeah. Same shirt, huh? I haven't bought the stain out of there. I'm like, who's going to see it? You like, you're already <laughs> invested. <laughs> like, I don't need to impress you. So uh, you're already invested. Do what's your like general uh, timeline on getting rid of a piece of clothing? Like I hold on to my t-shirts for, I probably have some t-shirts that are 10 years old, at least. Say that again. What's your general timeline on getting rid of oh. a piece of clothing? Yeah, probably 10 years. 
I mean, those t-shirts that are left from are hanging on from 2011, just because they're my favorite. Otherwise, because I had to think about it after you said, let's do that. I don't have a lot of stuff that's that much older. See, yeah, I've got some bull shirts. I don't know what Marty's freaking out about. Um, I've got some bull shirts that are pretty old too, but those are different. Like you hold on to those for memory reason. Right, right. I have a high school football. Do I still have a high school football jersey? I think there's still a high school football jersey floating around. Like one my mom put in a quilt with shirts for us. One of them, the, the, the home one, the away one might've gone to Danny as like a sleep shirt later when they got younger or when they were younger. So that may still be at her place somewhere, but that's probably the oldest thing that's made someone, somebody may still have probably besides a sweatshirt. So yeah, decade. All right. The dog's losing its mind. I think it's time for it to wrap up this podcast. Dude. Sounds good. All right. As you can, as you can hear him screaming at the top of his lungs. Uh, we've got an email. Marty, come here. Marty, come here. Come be on the podcast with he us. He just wants to be heard. He just wants to be heard. That's all. He's got takes. Um, we've got an email. We, which is stuff summer says podcast at gmail.com. We've got a podcast, which you're listening to. And if you could rate us, um, we're almost at 3,000 downloads, by the way, which is insane. So thank you to everybody that's downloaded this podcast more than once. Um, especially to all of our random Denmark listeners, which are just clearly spam bots, but or maybe somebody that is really invested in Pennsylvania. Maybe football. we know somebody over there. Yeah, maybe we do. Thank you. Um, other than that, my Twitter handle is at Stuff Summer Says. Yours is at Steve Samsel. Uh, anything else? That's Go it. Once. I'm gonna go Have yell. Good night, Marty. Dog. I'm gonna go yell at him. See ya. Bye. <laughs>